Welcome to Swing Left Nebraska. We are the regional chapter of Swing Left dedicated to engaging the community and helping Democratic candidates win in Nebraska. The radical Republicans voted against climate change measures, access to birth control, LGBT plus and interracial marriage freedoms. They banned books, stripped away abortion rights, and they are just getting started. They introduced over 440 voter suppression bills because the radical Republicans know they can't win with their harmful and unpopular policies. They are shamelessly trying to grab power by using fraud, fear, and fascism. We must turn our anger into action and move from resistance to persistence. You'll be hearing from local Democratic candidates and community leaders who are fighting for a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous Nebraska. We're here to offer you the information, inspiration, and tools you need to encourage Democratic-leaning voters to show up on November 8th to vote them out. Let's mobilize, let's take action, let's go! Hello, and welcome to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast. My name is Leah. I'm a volunteer with Swing Left and your host for today's episode. I am thrilled you are here to check out my incredible conversation with Legislative District 18 candidate Michael Young. LD18 spans from 78th and Crown in Omaha and all the way up northwest in Bennington. Michael discussed some of his past lived experiences, such as losing his father as a child and climbing his way up from bagging groceries at Baker's to starting his own business and winning many awards along the way. He explains why he is passionate about using experiences from his past to help him craft policies that will make the most impact for his constituents and for all Nebraskans. He says, I'm running because as a father, business owner, and taxpayer who has extensive experience in public, for-profit, and nonprofit sectors, I feel that I can bring a new voice to the legislator. There are amazing things happening in the Omaha area and Nebraska as a whole, but we can't hide from what also can be improved. I want to ensure that Nebraska is welcoming for all while we continue to create a stronger, more vibrant community where people feel that their voice is being heard. With that being said, sit back and relax. I know you're going to enjoy my chat with Michael Young. So let's start a show. Welcome to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast. Michael Young, thank you so much for your time. So let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about you. A little bit about me. Born here in Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm a huge proponent of public of education. And there is something really true uh, about the adage of uh, you became who you needed as a child. And so I have focused my entire life around education, public policy, as well as transportation, workforce development, and economic development. Those are all the fun, buzzy words. But reality is, I'm a dad. I'm trying to leave the world better than I found it. And I think there needs to be some good reason, logic of people who are creating public policy. And my learned experience, 
are something I bring to the table with that. So from a national perspective, especially around my stance with reproductive rights and being pro-choice, you know, getting proponents and supporters to endorse, to kind of beat the drum from a social media perspective has been really good. Um, and so there's also some additional packs around training, trades, unions, teachers, all who have endorsed and, and support me. Um, and I'm very excited and humbled by that support. But it's definitely, as Roe v. Wade came down, all the power is essentially coming to the states. Legislative races are at the forefront of everyone's mind. And it's a midterm. So I'll take all that energy. Yeah. So it sounds like you haven't been shy on on your stance with that. And I got to say props to you with social media. That was something that really stood out to me. I definitely saw your presence and it was really noticeable. And I think that makes such a difference. Can you just so make sure listeners understand what district are you from and what area is that? And were there any changes when the redistricting happened last year? Oh, great question. It's probably one of the most changed districts in the state. It added quite a bit. And so we're essentially Northwest Omaha, some of Elkhorn, uh, all of Irvington, all of Bennington, uh, and Omaha as well. So if you could imagine basically Emanuel Hospital, Northwest High School, all the way out to 192nd and Highway 36, past Bennington Lakes, and everything in between, basically except for Winnie DeBoer's district uh, around Sandy Bear Lake, we cover all of that. And it is a huge district, and I'll tell you, my feet <laughs> can tell you how big it is. So it, it, it's, it's a really diverse district. I mean, I have uh, students and families on rental assistance and free and reduced lunch to a $6 million house. And everything in between, from red, blue, nonpartisan, it's a very purple district. And I'm very excited to earn the opportunity to win the election as a top vote getter. After these messages, we'll be right back. Early voting is our power sauce in electing Democratic candidates who will fight for freedoms in Nebraska. It's time to talk to voters and let them know they can vote right now in person at their county election commission office and by mail if you request an early ballot. Make phone calls, text, write letters, knock on doors, post social media reminders, Grab a blowhorn and shout it out in the streets. It is time to vote. Head to swingleftnebraska.com to learn about the many ways you can join the fight to help get out the vote early and help elect Democratic candidates in Nebraska on November 8th. Now back to the show. So in the primary, you faced off two different opponents and you actually ended up winning by 119 votes. So you're facing off Christy Armendariz for the midterm on November 8th. What is your secret sauce? How did you do that? We walked the entire thing. We actually hit about 60% of the houses. Uh, we did a vote by mail chase. We also did social media. So I appreciate the, the kudos you shared there. That's what I do for businesses. And so yeah, branding, social media, et cetera. 80% of people are getting their information in their hands by their phone. Uh, so I needed to reach them there. 
And so it'll be a considered effort of all of that as well here for the general and excited for our kickoff. One of the biggest benefits that we probably saw was our actual phone banking. And really, I think the mailbox, the front door, as well as their social media and online presence and being present, vulnerable, I think really helped us. Yeah, well, it sounds like you got your system down. You said you were in business and social media. Is that where you got your experience and had a good recipe ready to bake with? <laughs> yeah, we like to. I, I like that analogy there. That's, that's good. <laughs> so I've been in technology and management consulting for a little over 25 years and started out actually for the city of Omaha at the age of 15. And it was actually Ames first grant. Uh, mainframes were a big thing. Not going to get really uh, in the weeds with tech stuff here. But a personal computer use program was starting, getting people online with like Yahoo and teaching the type. It was really motivating. And as I was with Creighton Prep, we needed to have community service hours. Well, no one really knew PCs in the 90s quite like that. So they offered me a job. And I packed up from bakers and uh, <laughs> putting groceries in people's cars to working in IT. And that had then moved into a consulting career, Cox, Quex, and then in a variety of roles. And then I started my own company in 2008 and basically haven't looked back. So you definitely are a go-getter. You're able to start things on your own and, and finish them. I mean, those are really great qualities of someone to serve Nebraska from your experience, either just in life in general or in your career history that you think will be helpful as you move into this position. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Speak that into existence. I like the sound <laughs> of Senator Young. You know, I talked about in the intro of my learned experiences. I mean, every darn statistic other than death. I mean, there was gang violence around me, single family, house, missing father, not because he left, but he passed when I was sick. Food scarcity, transportation. I mean, you just, you name it. And I did. I, I, I pulled the bootstraps up. I got lucky. It was hard. I actually forged my mother's signature to get into Creighton Prep and pass the entrance exam and get a, a scholarship, an academic one, because I was not good at sports back then. <laughs> but, you know, the, the groups and the nonprofits that I've worked with, like Carol's House of Hope, Butler Gas YMCA, City Sprouts, you know, the Literacy Center, Urban League, those are all great organizations that I wish were there when I was a child, would help me, would have helped my mother and other siblings. And so I've volunteered and sat of all their boards. Uh, and conversely, from a public policy per, uh, perspective, I was elected to Metro Community College Board in 2016 and through 2020, and even rose to vice chair. And then I chaired the transit authority for the city of Omaha, which is basically the bus system. And we've rebranded and orbit and cleaner buses and Wi-Fi, you know, all these investments, which was great. It was kind of like another child for me. And, you know, for me, those are learned experiences, moving people around, getting people to jobs, educating people in trades and giving them opportunities. And, you know, they're all the buzzwords during a 
a campaign, but for me, it's really what I care about. This is my community. This is where I was born. This is where I'm raising my family. And that needs to be behind the glass down in Lincoln when people are creating laws that are impacting our schools and our jobs and our, our homes. So it sounds like your lived experience living in the area and then understanding what it means to start from ground zero and work your way up. Were there any mentors or any sort of assistance that helped you up the ladder? You know, there's a variety of people. You know, one, I would definitely have to tell my older brother, RJ, uh, he stepped up. He's about 10 years older than me. And, you know, when I was seven, eight, couch surfing, because we would get evicted or be homeless. And when he finally got his first place and his feet on the ground, he turned back around. Um, so I'm very thankful for my brother and his wife. And even his boys are almost like sons of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another gentleman by the name of Chris Nizzi. Uh, he was the dean of Creighton Prep when I attended. And... The freshman year of high school for me was very transformative. Uh, I started my emancipation process, became a ward of state, lost many family members, and uh, I ultimately had to move away. I lived with my sister in Kansas. And Chris Nizzi was so informative for me because I I didn't know even what slacks were other than church clothes or, you know, um, polos how to shave, you know, and it really showed me that. And I was very thankful for him because he put my focus in a, in a direction. I was wanting to accomplish many things at school and hopefully in my life, but I was just being what I was told as opposed to what I could do. And that was really empowering for me. That's awesome. You understand the the power of just, you know, one person. It's very awesome. Very cool. What priorities do you think you will be focused on? What are you really passionate about? You know, originally when you go and launch, you you talk about why I'm running. And, you know, I've, I've shared a little bit, uh, many reasons of through all the answers. But I built this five pillars, uh, excuse me, five pillar platform, you know, around economic development, equity, justice reform technology investment, and transparency, those five things really hit every house. You know, whether you want to have more money in your pocket because taxes are lowered, uh, equity, how you look, how you feel, how you identify your body, your choice, your rights, um, rich, old, right? Uh, it shouldn't matter. We should have the same access to the public services. Um, you know, justice reform, man, that's a big one. But where it's really important to me is we constantly talk about recidivism, we talk about reentry, and we have to. But those are typically the symptoms, excuse me, symptoms of what's happening in our community. Let's focus on the cause. At the state, on average, we spend roughly 200k per inmate on their uh, their term. We'll call it right. What if we invested it? 10% of that, and it goes back to all the local communities across the state, whether that's food, housing, uh, education, mental health, physical health, uh, workforce development, and training. Because a lot of people who are incarcerated are just surviving, and they're making choices to provide for that day 
And tomorrow doesn't matter if you can't deal with today. And some of them are just put in that cost versus benefit uh, scenario and decision. Um, so that's really important to me. From a technology investment, uh, investment perspective, I, that's twofold. I mean, obviously, I've talked about my passion and skills with technology, but as a dad whose two kids started high school and and in elementary, elementary, excuse me, behind a screen because of COVID, and I was thankful of the broadband and resources that we had available here in OPS and Westside, where my kids go. But if you're out in Western Nebraska and there's no broadband, and where you have a hard time recruiting teachers. You know, how do we lower that barrier and make investments into that infrastructure? Two, the state it does a darn good job of getting its own way of being inefficient. Too much paperwork. There's people who have to drive from Omaha to Lincoln to reinstate a license, but there's no public transit between the two. If I can get my driver's license in Omaha, I shouldn't have to reinstate my driver's license in Lincoln. Uh, that's just inefficient waste of time and honestly put somebody at risk to potentially committing another crime driving without a license. Um, and then lastly, transparency, talking about budget, talking about taxes, being honest about the decisions, what's happening school boards, what's happening with unions, what's happening with tax credits and incentives, and what is that really helping or is that really hurting? And so I really want to employ town halls and make myself available to anyone as well as my whole team. But that's really what I'm talking to folks about at the door. And, and those are my priorities. Well, I think those are incredible priorities. When you talk to people at the door on the phone or texting and whatnot, what is their response? And what, uh, which one of those do you think people in your community are focused on or most concerned about? You know, in my community, if I would probably pick out the ones that are really important to them, Property taxes, mm -hmm. that's definitely one. That's where the conversation, I normally break the ice and say, other than low in property taxes, how can I be a good advocate for you? Um, equity is also really important. You know, having the choice from being pro-choice, whether you want to do it or not, uh, whether you want to have uh, the ability to feel safe in your community, whether how you look, how you identify, that's really important. And then being a proponent of public education. There are so many proponents of school choice and charter schools and vouchers and things of that nature. And you know, on paper, that sounds really good. It's nice to have options. I, we all want options, right? That's the whole point of being pro-choice. We, we want options. Um, but it should not come in at the risk. This is an already fragile, underfunded, undersupported public school system. And 60% of our property taxes across the state go to public education. And the state itself, uh, we are 49 out of 50 hmm. states in the United States from a rank perspective of how we support public education. And there is data that shows that every time the state puts more money into the actual budget as a state, it is no longer having to tax the school districts and the counties as high as we do. Secondly, 
as we've seen it happen in the last few years of the housing market, if your valuation is going up, right? Good for you. Your house made 10%, 20%. That's great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you had made a good investment. However, the county's not doing a good job of lowering the levy. If there's no reason to pull 20 more thousand dollars in property taxes, just because the house went up, the land is still the land. And so if we're going to get more money because the valuation went up, fine, lower it two, three points. Give people the actual relief that we need. You know, over at uh, Metro Community College, when I was vice chairman, I mean, I would even reach across the aisle to the Nebraska delegation in D.C. and I would stop for education grants and funding, actually trying to get Pell Grants to be legal for felons uh, because they cannot get any federal grants at that point working for transit investments. So, you know, being moderate, but fiscally responsible, but really addressing the social issues, we, we have to do that without being polarizing because mm-hmm. the end result is it's people and families being impacted. Additionally to that, how we fund our schools, and I'm not going to go all the way into it, is mm-hmm. a formula called TIOSA. And because of Metro Community College and because of the University of Nebraska, Lincoln, Omaha, UNK, and all the community colleges across the state and all the public school districts, they're all fed differently. You know, Bennington has the lowest cost per student, but then you have someone in Ogallala where it's $26,000 a year per student. And that's a big problem. And they have a hard time recruiting because of that cost discrepancy. So being able to pull back the layers of this onion of how we, excuse me, how we fund public education inherently has a direct impact on our local economic development and our property taxes. So that's a long-winded way of saying, I hope it gives them comfort. Some people look at me like they're in the headlights, but the folks who really make the other decisions are a little bit thankful because they don't like formulas and math. Well, I definitely feel like I like need to take a test. Uh, I feel like I've, I've been in a college class right now. <laughs> I feel so educated. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And I hope our listeners got their pen and paper out too, so they can take notes. <laughs> what makes you a better candidate compared to your opponent? You know, in many other races, appointed, elected, I hate the toot horns. I really dislike people who resume fluff and and talk about it. But you know what? I learned a good lesson. I better, if I don't say it, no one else will, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Then I want to be very thoughtful and diplomatic in this. I think it's very easy to sling mud. And I believe about being above approach and professional. So in that regard, I take all these big breath of trying to be diplomatic. One is the experience, the learned experience of in the community. I've dedicated 20 years of boards, Next Generation Omaha, Omaha YPs, to food scarcity, City Sprouts, to literacy and education and adult basic education at Literacy Center, to something I really care right now is Code Black, where I teach Black and brown people, especially women, how to intro to technology. Do you want to do programming? Do you want to write reports? Do you want to do websites? Do you want to build a data center? And just to kind of turn on that light bulb, 
And so for me, that turnaround of understanding who's really around us and who is that really impacting, that's for me, is powerful. And it sets a huge difference between me and my opponent. Secondly, from a tax perspective, uh, my opponent has never pulled a levy, has never raised or lowered taxes, has never had to be in charge of a payroll by being self-employed, has never had to work with unions, teachers, um, support them from a pension perspective, let alone just the sheer size of the budgets. I mean, just the annual budget at Metro Community College is roughly $140 million. Transit Authority itself is about uh, 40 as well. So a quarter of a million dollars I was in charge of for four or five years. Didn't raise taxes, didn't raise tuition, fixed a pension fund for the Transit Workers uh, Union 223. I'm pretty darn proud about that. So mm -hmm. if I can do that here about transit education and training, I'm pretty excited to talk about the difference between me and my opponent. Yeah, I was going to say that that sounds pretty diplomatic to me. You're just literally laying out the facts of the differences between you two, which kind of leads me to my next question. Mm -hmm. um, have you had any smears thrown at you, any lies about you or any, any negative campaigning that you've had to deal with? And if so, how do you respond? Given that both of my candidates were registered Republicans, and I have been a lifelong Democrat. I strategically launched and announced my campaign on the very last day, about two hours before the deadline, uh, from the steps of the Capitol in Lincoln. And I had great supporters behind me, Justin Wayne. Um, we had Tony Vargas. We had Carol Blood, Terrell McKinney. And it was really great to just have their support behind me while I'm on the steps. Feels feels surreal. Mm -hmm. But as I even talk about the differences between me and my current opponent in general, I, I have not flung any mud or any mean or things of that nature. And I don't plan to, but I will be honest, um, which is interesting. I mean, my opponent has already lied to the Omaha World Herald about being endorsed by NAGO, which is surprising. Additionally, you know, I think there's some huge differences between her and I, and I'm endorsed by both sides of the party. Mm. I'm endorsed by folks that typically do lean red from a support and pack perspective. And I'm very excited for that. And I welcome the challenge, but it is something I do unfortunately look forward to because that just seems to be how Nebraska works. Let's say a lot that you have been able to get some endorsements from both sides. Do you care to share about some other endorsements that you've got? Yeah, so from endorsement uh, side, we have Labor's, so Omaha Federation of Labor. We have the IBEW Electrical Union, number 22, Omaha Building and Trades, Nebraska State Education Association, social workers, public employees, so PACE as well. Had some other great ones come in. It's not an endorsement, but realtors did support. Nebraska realtors did support. Financial donations has definitely been humbling from a personal gift perspective and i'm very excited about that you know as i continue support with you know the omaha firefighters and aflcio i mean i am just so continuously humbled that why 
my opponent does not want to be endorsed by farmers, endorsed by teachers, endorsed by workers in union and labor. It's these are the people that make our entire state function every day. These are the people that have impacted our lives as adults, and we're needing them to impact our children as well, right? Absolutely, for sure. How can folks get involved with your campaign and what kind of volunteer opportunities do you have um, available for people? Yeah, great question. So the first thing I would always drive people to the website, it's youngforne.com. So youngforne.com. And we're looking for phone bankers, postcard writers. I'm in technology. I have horrible handwriting. (laughs) Um, We're always looking for folks to canvas as well. And then, you know, reality is just help beat the drum. Mm -hmm. Follow us on social media, ask questions, um, talk to me about important issues. Is there something that we talked about today that maybe you want more clarity on? Or is there something that uh, maybe I can help be a proponent for you? Um, That's what I really want to know. And that's that equity and transparency perspective. You know, until I needed to have a larger team, I actually had my cell phone and all the lit. And everyone thought I was uh, a little silly for that. (laughs) And I got direct calls and people were saying, I can't believe you're really that accessible. And like, well, why would I do this if I didn't want to be? Yeah. And I've been on other boards. Yeah, sounds like you're really dedicated to be approachable, which I can tell you firsthand. It is such a breath of fresh air when you can reach your senator with with uh, issues that you're passionate about and actually get response. Unlike Washington, where I just leave voice messages and then I get a letter. Right. <laughs> so that's really but- tough. That's really tough. And not everybody can volunteer. And so I want to take people's resources, people's passion. Uh, obviously, I want to continue to build this blue wave, um, but we've got a pretty interesting uh, race coming down from a governor perspective. Mm-hmm. And if the one that wins that I don't want to win, I definitely have to be down there to give that person balance. <laughs> and that doesn't happen without uh, a team. You know, we're calling it the young crew. I, I'm so excited for it. I always need donations. Yes. <laughs> Democrats are I... not very good at fundraising. So I always need donations. Get <laughs> roughly 500 postcards. Uh, then we need another $500 allows us to get postage just for that. And so you think how that adds up. I have 26,000 registered voters that I plan to try to talk to in my district. So I need to get 26,000 postcards. I need to make 26,000 calls. I'm going to try to reach everyone because this is a nonpartisan race. I plan to continue to be moderate. I am a Dem. I'm going to stand with my Dem values, but I need those Republican votes as well. And that doesn't happen without your donations and a really awesome team. Was there anything that I didn't ask or you want to make sure listeners hear on this episode? You know, it's kind of going back a little about those learned experiences. You know, a lot of times we get that imposter syndrome, whether you're running for public office, where you're starting a company or you're just putting yourself out there about your passions. And there is some accolades and some awards that I've earned and been lucky enough. And I can think of a hundred other people that probably should have had it. But being a 2009 Midlands Business Journal, you know, 40 under 40 award winner was important. 2013 Empowerment Network African American YP Award, also really important. 2013 Omaha Days Toyo Award, which is the 10 Outstanding Young Omahans. They've had that for almost about 90 years now. And then the one that really, really hits home, 
I even, I'll be honest, I have a tattoo mm-hmm. over my heart about this. But in 2018, Creighton University awarded me the Martin Luther King Jr. Legacy Award. Wow. Which is still just hard to say that I'm given an award to someone who had to win a Nobel Peace Prize in another country because it was illegal for a black man to receive it. And to me, that really solidifies I've been doing the work. People feel that way behind me. And I'm okay with that now. I'm, I'm okay with being a loud person, knowing that I didn't just do good things about social issues. I'm also talking about public policy and everything that I experienced as a child is a human made problem. Poverty, housing, uh, food, the, the issues and support on the system, you know, living on Medicaid and assistance like my mother did, you know, food stamps, they call it SNAP now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish that those advocates would have existed back then. And I think they were, and maybe they just were a little too quiet. And my life wouldn't uh, maybe be any different had that existed, but I know I definitely am ready to carry the torch forward. Well, it sounds like, number one, you have a resume paper trail of your awesomeness. Um, And then you have the lived experience growing up and having to grow up in poverty and utilize different services that the government and state has available. And then, you know, moving on and propelling yourself into a career with the support of your family and with your own survival skills. And now here you are with all that experience behind you with the vision for a future that you want to see for yourself and your community and uh, your children. My goodness, it can't get better than that. (laughs) I mean, I've had some bruises in my lumps and, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm not perfect and you're, you're right. It's hard, but it's also hard to get out of the stigmas you get. Yeah, you know, like it, I still freak out when there's a utility bill just showing on my fridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just such trauma that you get from going through that. But I think that hopefully that brings power and strength to the validity and testimony when we're down there behind the glass. Yeah. And I think the bumps and bruises are important because they keep you humble and they keep you empathetic. And they're almost like a barrier from removing yourself and just becoming you know, like a, just a vote. You can mm-hmm. really make those decisions on what you want to fight for because you understand and you got, you got the, the bumps to, to show for it. Uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And that, and, you know, and that's how I'm able to talk to a lot of lobby groups. I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot mm-hmm. of this race that is, you know, those farmers, those unions, you know, how am I going to be an advocate for them? But on the flip side of where I've come from, it's where I'm at now having this opportunity to run and represent my district and the state as well as fight for people's rights. It's, it's kind of a a blessing and a curse, Mm -hmm. but I really do enjoy having the ability to make positive impact and change that we really need. And that's so important to me. People need to know that they can make an impact. It's not something you have to always accept. Even if it takes a long time, you can turn it around. People need to know that they can make an impact. Even if it takes a long time, you can turn it around. Michael, thank you so much for leaving us with some amazing inspirational words of wisdom. And thank you so much for your time today. Michael is right. 
we can still turn it around and make an impact. We can still fight for reproductive rights, immigrant rights, for our privacy, for the separation of church and state, and much more. We have the power to vote early and encourage our pals to get to the polls so we can elect Democratic candidates like Michael Young to the Nebraska legislator who will fight for our freedoms and help make Nebraska a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous place to live. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Ready, set, go. Get ready to go.